Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. Hello ladies and gentlemen, friends, family, in-laws, outlaws, and anybody else that wants to tune in, I appreciate you tuning in. Even those who don't really care for me, I still appreciate you tuning in because if you're not going to like me, at least you can listen to my podcast and have a reason to not like me. So uh, get to know me a little bit before you really don't like me. So that's cool. Um, I've been going through my book, Time for Transition, which you can pick up and I'm sure you can find the link and everything on our website, gwcclancaster.org. Great book. Please get it. I know the author personally. And uh, anyways, I'm on chapter three today entitled, Restoring the Word of the Lord. And we've been looking at the life, at least up to this point, of Eli, his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And now we're looking at Samuel, the prophet Samuel, and how Samuel came in to restore what was lost through Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas were priests. Uh, Eli was the high priest. Hophni and Phinehas, his son, were priests that worked for him. They were very wicked. Uh, Eli was just basically lazy and a weak father and a weak priest. Hophni and Phinehas became very wicked and evil in their practices because of their weak father. And it took this little boy turned over to Eli at the tabernacle named Samuel to be trained up, raised up as a prophet to restore what was lost. And that was, among other things, the word of the Lord. What had happened through Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas was the people of God, the people of Israel, started to abhor, it says, abhor the sacrifices, the very things that God instituted for his people to have relationship with him. Now the people were disgusted by it because of the actions and inactions of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. And I see much of that problem today in the modern church. I can't tell you how many times I have heard when I'm trying to minister to somebody or talk to somebody or even simply invite them to my church, oh, all you preachers want is my money. And then it goes on to the litany of uh, the televangelists and their the way they ask for money or, you know, driving around in a Rolls Royce while they're weeping on TV saying they need more money to do X, Y, Z, or as we have seen, asking for 65 million or 20 million or whatever it was to get still another private jet. And what's sad to me about all of this, because on the one hand, I am not opposed, personally opposed, anybody driving a nice car, living in a nice house or wearing nice clothes or even owning a jet. That's not the problem with me. The problem is the image. When you're in a $1,500 suit, driving around in a Rolls Royce and you come on the TV and berate people for not giving you still more money, that's where I see the problem. But that's a modern issue and we'll deal with that again at another podcast. But today I'm talking about 
restoring the word of the Lord. And many people think, we don't need that. We have the Bible. We read the Bible. That's They had the Torah. They had the scrolls. They had the scriptures up to that point. Having it and having the book, having the Bible, having the word of God written, word of God, is not the solution. It's having it, reading it, living it, loving it, doing it, as well as having the prophetic right now, rhema word of the Lord, that breaks you through into higher levels and expands you. In this case, expanded the people of Israel. In our case, the church should be expanding, not shrinking. And I don't mean merely expanding in numbers, but expanding in power, expanding in authority, expanding in influence, and we're losing that today at a rapid rate in many parts of the world, such as the United States of America. The church in America is actually shrinking. While we have mega churches popping up, the actual number of people that dedicate themselves to going to church every Sunday is shrinking in America. Say, how can this be? Because it's not about how many meeting places we have or how big the meeting place is. Is the word of God, the logos, and the rhema right here, right now, power word being preached in those places and adhered to. And I can tell you, in most places in America, it is not. So what I want to do today is I want to read about the first four, four and a half uh, pages of chapter three out of my book. I was just reading over this again, just to brush up, highlight a few things, touch upon it. And these first four pages is like, no, this needs to be said. The church of today needs to hear these words. So I will read it. Chapter three, restoring the word of the Lord. Samuel the prophet was used of God to restore the word of the Lord and the vision that brings breakthrough. Israel had been brought out of its spiritual stupor because of the ministry of Samuel. It is interesting to see what God uses to restore his people spiritually. Revival in Israel came through a prophet. Samuel the prophet was the catalyst used to reestablish the prophetic word of the Lord that brought the needed breakthroughs in the nation. These advances helped to bring the people back to God and back to the way God wanted them to serve him. This is a principle we should all be aware of. Pray for the prophets to arise and the restoration of the prophecies that bring breakthrough to our nation. After reading through the book of Acts, it is obvious that the church today does not operate and function with the same power and authority of the first century church. Just as in the time of Eli, much of the spiritual power that we once walked in and enjoyed is gone. Many have developed doctrines trying to explain away our powerlessness, but we have lost our power because of the Elis, the Hophnes, and Phineases in the church. Over the centuries, we have lost such things as healing, miracles, tongues, all the gifts of the Spirit, along with the office gifts of apostle and prophet. Not in every corner of today's church, but in many sects of Christianity, these things are completely gone, and many have even called these things demonic or of the devil. It is a sad day when the moving of the Holy Spirit is considered to be demonic by those who call themselves Christian. This is the same type of thing that was taking place under the leadership of Eli and his sons. Hophni and Phinehas were doing things that caused the people to abhor the offering of the Lord. That's in 1 Samuel 2.17. The very things that God set in place to bring his people to him, 
the people now despised because of the sin and failures of the priesthood. The principles remain the same today. Some Christians abhor the things of God because of failed and faulty teaching from the modern priesthood. When we hear from the pulpit such things as speaking in tongues is of the devil, it sets us up for failure and spiritual weakness. People begin to abhor and turn away from the things that are freely given us by God. Every gift of the Spirit is given by God to build up and edify the church. 1 Corinthians 14.12 says, Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. These gifts and the power that goes with them are given to cause growth in the body of Christ, increase in numbers, but also in maturity. When we reject the gifts that were given for our benefit, we all suffer. Think of it this way. How many people would have, di have died prematurely because of the erroneous teaching that healing is not for today? How many people have suffered and struggled with addictions that could have been easily broken from their life, but were taught that miracles and deliverance are a thing of the past? Also, think of the powerful revelations that could have been received by those who believe tongues are of the devil, or that the move of the Holy Spirit is a thing of the past. If the priests of today had their doctrine and theology correct, the church would be far more powerful today than it presently is. It is Hophni and Phinehas all over again. When we remove the gifts and the power of the Spirit from the church, we eliminate the tools and material needed to edify and build up the church. Without these, the church is small and weak, not necessarily small in size, but small in influence and power. Restoration of the Word of the Lord, 1 Samuel 3, 19-21 says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Even before the death of Eli and his sons, Samuel grew and matured in the things of the Lord. As it, is, as it says, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. This shows us that Samuel was pure in his prophetic gift and that God completely trusted him. Samuel was not one to play with his gift. He walked as a prophet and kept himself in the purity of God and the fear of the Lord. Samuel did not use his gift for personal gain as we often see today, but spoke only what God told him to speak. All the people knew that he truly was a prophet because of the purity of his heart, life, and gift. God trusted Samuel because his heart was toward him. I remember a time while visiting a particular church, the prophet, debatable, was getting ready to prophesy to the people in the church. He announced that three ministry lines would be formed. The first ministry line was a $20 word line. The second line was a $50 uh, word line. And the third was a $100 word line. If you only wanted the $20 word, then you would get in that line. However, if you wanted the mega prophecy, you better get in the $100 line. As disgusting as it is, this type of thing happens more often than we want to admit.
It is sad to think that some in the church today do this sort of thing, but even more upsetting is that people still attend these churches. Personally, that would have been my last Sunday in that church if I was a member. Today, God is raising up Samuels that will be pure in their gift and that will bring the church to the place she is supposed to be. The church today is supposed to operate and function in great and awesome power, the power of God to change lives and set the captives free. This will not happen until we fully embrace the word of God and once again exercise that power in such a way that the world knows we serve a God in heaven and show his love through these power encounters. None of this will be a reality until we operate in our gifts in the same holiness and purity that Samuel did. The fear of the Lord must once again permeate the body of Christ to the point that we repent of these silly, foolish, and sinful practices that besmirch the gifts and their proper use. We need the Samuels of our day to rise up in righteousness and power. Remember, the word Shiloh, where this was taking place, means a place of rest. Often when speaking about the rest of the Lord, people envision hammocks by the ocean while drinking a nice tea. As great as this sound, it is not necessarily Shiloh, the rest of the Lord. The true Shiloh is a spiritual place, a spirit-filled place. Shiloh represents that place where we come into such intimate relationship with God that we are fed and strengthened by His Spirit and presence and where He is fed by our presence. Just as God had to raise up Samuel during that time in Israel's history, God is at that place right now where He's needing to raise up Samuel's in our day and age. Let's face it. Let's be honest. If we really look at this honestly, the prophetic word, the purity, I should say, the prophetic word is all but gone in the body of Christ. And we have a lot of people that call themselves prophets. We have a lot of people that will give a, thus saith the Lord, but very little purity in their prophetic gift and in their lives. What do I mean by that? Still today, we have so many so-called prophets that are trying to prophesy for a, for a prophet, okay? Prophets for profit. I mean, you could almost start a business in that. I know of one gentleman who has, you can find his website. I'm not going to give any names because, well, for certain reasons. But if you go to his website, you can join the, you know, like the, I, I don't know what he calls it, but the profit of the month club or the prophecy of the month club where you send your $30 in every month and he'll send you a prophetic word. And, you know, basically you're buying a prophecy. That's prostitution of the gift. He's prostituting the gift of God for self-gain. And that kind of perversion is happening over and over and over again. The story that I read to you from my book was something that I witnessed and I saw and happened when I went to go visit a church. There was somebody that I knew, and this is after my book was published and out there. I thought, okay, maybe that's just a fluke. Maybe that's a thing of the past because I know it came under a lot of scrutiny, not just that one event, but that type of thing. So uh, somebody I knew went to another country and was uh, broadcasting out on Facebook uh, their ministry there in this other country. And I was watching, and he gave a pretty decent uh, preaching. He was preaching, you know, a pretty decent message. And then it came to the ministry time, and what did he do? He formed three lines. And it was another country, so it wasn't in dollars, but basically he had the $20 line, the $50 line, and $100 line. And I almost fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe that he was doing this. Somebody that, now when I say I knew him, we weren't really super close. I'd met him a couple times, but I had liked him. I thought, this is a pretty cool dude. 
And he was going to a country that I have a heart and a passion for. So I really wanted to watch this. I really wanted to hear what he was saying. I really wanted to see how he was received. And then I see this absolute foolish wickedness come from him. You know, the $20 line, the $50 line, and the $100 line. Well, let me tell you something, prophets. If you're not just prophesying the pure word of the Lord, just because you love God and you have a fear of the Lord, anything less than that, anything less than Samuel-like heart towards God and towards the people and towards the word of the Lord and that gift is wicked. You're going to charge $20 or $50 or $100. You're going to give a certain level of prophecy depending on how much money they bring to you. What do you think you are, a pimp? Because that's exactly what you've made yourself. You're the pimp and the gift of prophecy is your prostitute. And those people waving that 20 that 50 or 100 are the Johns coming to get your prostitute, you pimp. This is disgusting. This happens in the body of Christ a lot. This happens, I don't mean just the 20 50 and $100 line. I'm talking about the, if you give more money, I'll give you a better prophecy kind of attitude. And that is so wrong. And there are certain parts in the world that, that um, they, they scramble for that title of prophet or that title of apostle. Or, and, and then they once they get it, then they add to it. I'm the chief apostle or the premier prophet. And this is, this is really strange when we start putting these things on ourselves and then doing all kinds of strange and weird things to wow the people instead of just speaking the pure word of the Lord from the heart of God. And I saw this just recently. Somebody posted this on a social media site that, at least in the old days, prophets and prophecy was about bringing people back to the heart of God or bringing people to the heart of God. That was the basis for the prophetic, bringing God's people closer to him. So if they were in sin, bringing them out of sin and close to God. If they weren't in sin, bringing them even closer to God revealing and an, an unlocking mysteries that would bring them closer to God. And what do we see today with the prophetic? And I'm not saying this is 100%. There's a lot of great prophetic voices out there. But unfortunately, the, the waters of the prophetic have been muddied by what these false, uh, greedy, uh, um, so-called prophets that are just in it for self-gain. And if it's not self-gain on money, it's self-gain for recognition. So what are we supposed to be doing? Our prophecy shouldn't be about how much money we're getting or just merely, merely the bless me prophecies. God's going to make you a billionaire by this time next year. If you give a thousand dollars to me today, the spirit of the Lord is moving. I'm telling you, you know how nonsense that is. That is absolute nonsense. And what it is, it's like Hophni and Phineas causing the people to abhor the very things that God put in place to bring us closer to him. And when that type of nonsense happens, number one, God takes that very, very, very seriously. Because remember, even Jesus talked about those who cause his little ones to stumble. And if you're causing people to stumble away from God with your nonsense, it would be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and you be cast into the sea. That's the word of Jesus. That's the word of Jesus. And you know what? I happen to agree with him 100% because I've seen this. 
I've seen the nonsense. I've seen people that had a true prophetic gift, but turn it, if you will, into more of a psychic kind of a thing where they would lock people in. And now these people needed to run to their psychic to get another word to live another day. And that's not the way it was supposed to be. The prophet's supposed to come in with a right now, right here, rhema breakthrough word that breaks either the individual or the group, the church, the city, the state, the nation, through to a higher level and a greater level with God. And they're to run that race. And what that, what that um, prophetic word, the prophet and the prophetic word did wasn't just open the door, but kicked it down and destroyed the obstacle. We don't see that. We see that, again, we see that whole, if you just give a $1,000, the Lord will do that. No, that's not the way prophecy works. So all you so-called prophets, some of you come by it honest because that's just the way you've been brought up. That's what you have seen. That's all you've known. But I'm telling you, look to the word of God, not those all are fake prophets that are around you. Look to the word of God and see how the prophets did it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Because if we don't get this thing right, another generation will come and go without coming closer to the Lord. We'll we'll lose more ground simply because the prophets have been greedy and self-centered and self-absorbed. What God is doing right now is he's raising up true prophets with his heart akin to Samuel that will Go out there and not be afraid of the people, not be afraid of the Eli's, the Hophni's, and Phineas's in the church, but will speak the pure word of the Lord from the fear of the Lord because they have a greater passion for God's heart than man's heart. They won't seek money. They won't seek fame. They won't seek fortune. And yet everybody will know them because everyone will fear them because God will not let their word fall to the ground without accomplishing what God put it in their mouth for in the first place. They won't seek a name, but they will have a name because God will give it to them. I'm telling you right now, the, the, the true prophets of God are about to be released on the scene. Some of them are out there right now, but they're not recognized because they're still in Eli's house under his control. But there'll come a time when that fat, uh, self-centered, blind high priest will fall off his bench, break his neck, and release the Samuels into their glory and into the glory of the Lord. You watch this. You watch this. Judgment is coming to the house of God and God's going to start bringing down the the Eli's. God's going to start bringing down Hophni and Phinehas, the ones that are corrupt and in sin, the ones that are seeking just their own and not the, the will of the Lord, the ones that are causing the church, God's people, to turn away from the very things that are supposed to draw them closer to God. God's raising up a a Samuel that'll put everything back in order. And that's those Samuels, when they speak, you can bank on it. You know that whatever they speak, if it's a word of correction, if it's a word of rebuke, or if it's a blessing, it won't matter. You know that it's gonna come to pass because God put that in their mouth and it will not return to God void. See, we have this problem right now with all these so-called prophets running around giving all these blessing, 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 blessing words, and so few are actually getting the blessings that they're promising. Why? God didn't say it in the first place. God didn't put it in their mouth. 
God didn't declare it. It's not that God doesn't want his people blessed, but the prophets or the so-called prophets need to wait until the word of blessing comes from God's mouth and God's heart into their mouth before they release it. I can go around and say, the Spirit said, God said, thus saith the Lord. I can move a lot of people's emotions. But if it's not the word of God, hey, I don't want to utter a word. I don't want to even give a mm-mm if it's not from God. And that's the way these Samuels are going to be that God is raising up. God's moving. God's doing something spectacular in our day and age. And you look, the restoration of the true prophetic. And again, please don't misunderstand me. There are some very great, powerful, right on, right now, right here, prophetic voices out in the world. But again, they're getting pushed to the back because all the bless me prophets, greedy bless me prophets, are on the forefront getting all the attention. And the, it causes people to be excited, but then it leads to destruction. And we're seeing that. And people are getting dismayed. So instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, let's go find the Samuels. Let's go find the Samuels. You know, it's interesting. It says when Samuel was a little boy uh, under Eli in the tabernacle, it says Eli was in his place. When he went to go to sleep, he would go sleep in his place. But Samuel would go sleep in the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, which represents the presence of God. Eli would sleep in his place. Samuel was found in God's place. Let's go find those young ones. They may be rough around the edges. They may not have all their P's and Q's. They may not understand all the, you know, the religious talk, but they're going to be found in God's place, receiving from the presence of the living God. That is the one that we need to listen to. That's the one God's going to bring about a restoration of that breakthrough rhema right now word that launches us into our tomorrow. Those are the Samuels. Those are the ones we should be looking for. We should stop looking for the guy that's uh, polished and looks great in a three-piece suit and the pinky ring. We should look for the one that's being raised up under somebody else and doesn't look like much, doesn't sound like much, but is being found in the presence of the living God receiving from his presence. God's presence, because that's the one that's going to have the fiery word, that fiery rhema word that breaks us through to a higher level and a greater tomorrow. That's the Samuel of today. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.